It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And now, without further ado, here he is, the great gray-headed one, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How and are you? It is gray and thin. And not as, it's not as gray as mine. You still have a little color. A little, little. I am a snowflake. A pudgy little snowflake. <laughs> I can see a little brown in there, but not much. Not much. Used to be bond, but anyhow. Uh, now, here you are, and you're going to tell us a very interesting story about what this morning? Well, we're going to go clear back to the early 1800s to Lewis and Clark. Oh, my. Here we go. Naked mountain men again. Nope. Just Lewis and Clark. Oh, okay. <laughs> now... Actually, I'm going to talk about medicine and Lewis and Clark. They didn't have any. Well, surprisingly, you'll be surprised. Probably. <laughs> surprisingly so. Gee! <laughs> that was a statement, okay. wasn't it? Okay. All right. Well, okay. You know, they had no degrees, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, but they were the first healers from the so-called civilized part of the United States to come to the western frontier. Uh-huh. Their previous army experience and later performance throughout this grand adventure qualified them as physicians at that time in history. You're kidding me. No, but the ability of Lewis and Clark to care for their group of guys and the medical services that they were able to trade for help from the Indians along the way made a major contribution to the final success of this, what we know, of course, as the Voyage of Discovery or the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Where did they start from? Uh, let's see, was it St. Louis? I thought it was St. Louis, but I'm not sure. I, I, Didn't they go down the, I was going to say the Hudson River? Weren't they from back further east? Oh, yeah. They both were in the Civil War. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. But that's who Jefferson chose for, yeah, the, for this. Right. But uh, now Charbonneau uh, was hired along with his Indian wife, Sacagawea, which we've told stories about. Yeah. And so the total was 32 people, including uh, the couple's infant son, Jean-Baptiste. And they actually nicknamed, nicknamed him Pompey. Why? That's a good question. I have no idea. Pompey. Pompey. Where would you all of a sudden look at a little one and say, well, let's call him Pompey. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that's a fascinating story about him. And I told that a while back. I may need to tell his story again one of these days about Jean-Baptiste yeah. Charbonneau. Right. So, anyway. Known as Pompey. Known as Pompey. Well, President Jefferson instructed the two captains to get the best medical care possible to the men in their charge and to the Indians along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, questioned, uh, you might come up, why Jefferson did not send a professionally trained physician along the way? Yeah. Well, at that time, Jefferson and a lot of others were skeptical of the value of a physician. The standard of medical care was at best poor. Yeah, it was kind of like if you get bit by a snake, you're going to die. Yeah, just uh, goodbye, you know. But at one point, while traveling down the Ohio River, Lewis met a Dr. William Patterson, who seemed eager to go, but he didn't show up at the time he was supposed to go, and it was probably just as well because Patterson had a reputation of being constantly drunk. 
that does not bode well when you're sitting as a patient in his office. No, it could be a little shaky hand. Ask me the penicillin. <laughs> yeah. So, now another medical historian said that the two captains gave their men better personal attention that was actually rendered during the Revolutionary War uh, from the doctors there. Really? They and I'll go on here. With they what, didn't do much during the Revolutionary War, did they? No, a lot of cutting off of limbs Ooh, and wee. you know, no yeah. anesthesia or anesthetic. Yeah. But anyway, both Lewis and Clark gained practical medical experience as army officers. In colonial times, officers were, were responsible for the health of their men. So commissioned officers learned to vaccinate for smallpox. They were familiar with minor injuries. They did know the vaccine? They did for smallpox. But jaundice, malaria, uh, diarrhea, uh, other conditions. They had peptabismal for they that. They did. Yeah. Something. But some, like Lewis, also had a working knowledge of herbs. Herbal Herbs, treatment, yeah. really, and actually, his medical instructor was his mother. She was actually an herbalist and quite actually famous in her area. Go chew the bark, yeah, and which is actually true. Yeah. So, but she grew her own medicines and was able to identify and use wild plants. Uh, Lucy taught her son this. I crap. bet they didn't chew on poison ivy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it worked for something. <laughs> but she taught her son uh, the craft. She prepared and ministered to family, neighbors, uh, everybody. So anyway, President Jefferson arranged also and paid for Meriwether Lewis to spend time in Philadelphia studying medicine. And the young ca- young captain was tutored by a guy by the name of Benjamin Ru- Dr. Benjamin Rush. Now, during the Revolutionary War, he served as a military surgeon, and as a military physician, he was ahead of his time in many ways. He was a proponent of vaccination for smallpox. He also uh, proposed a diet rich in vegetables to prevent scurvy, which, mm-hmm. uh, and also abstinence from alcohol, cleanliness in the Army camp. So, like I say, he was doing things that were way ahead of his time. Wow. How did they know that, veggies for scurvy? You know, I, I don't know how they came upon that, but this oh. Dr. Rush uh, firmly believed in it. I see. So, so Dr. Rush really had no medical peer in his day and was probably the best choice Jefferson could have made to advise the expedition on how to protect against illness and actually what drugs and instruments to take into the wilds. Right. So the good doctor suggested that the explorers, when they were fatigued, they should rest and take fluids. Now, I'm going to get into something just a little bit rough here before breakfast okay before, it's before lunch now i know a lot of you like yourself get up late but it's coming lunch could you turn your microphone up to tip it up just a little bit there you go now would be a great time before you spoil everybody's appetite for me to do a commercial this break. would be good this this is going to be good yeah i can imagine don't forget our friends at minicash sales 1321 east main and burley and they bring you dr history yes siree zach and joanne the whole crew they've got one Wonderful people working with them and for them, and they can talk to you about doors, garage doors. They put a brand new back door on my house. Wonderful, wonderful people to work with, and they've also got carpet layers, and they can take care of your countertops. And then, like I keep telling you, they've got the Tartar Farm and Ranch equipment, and that's just second to none. That is exceptionally good equipment. And they're right across from the Burley Airport, Minicasha Sales. Look them up today or give them a call. They're located at 1321 East Main and Burley, the number 878-2091. And now, back to Dr. History, because he's going to make you sick. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) And I'm just going to go right from my source here. Okay. 
uh, this Dr. Rush said that opening of the bowels by oh. means of one, two, or more of these purging pills was oh. indicated. Oh. So following Rush's advice, the expedition carried 50 dozen of the doctor's pills, which was a strong purgative containing calomel, uh, which according to Dr. Rush would, and I'm going to quote, gently open the bowels, which was an understatement of the century. This combination of drugs produced, and I'm going to quote directly from the book, an explosive intestinal passage and became known by all those who used these pills as thunderclappers. And I would imagine one could hear all the way down the river, let me out of the canoe! <laughs> We're just going to move right along here. <laughs> you already messed it up. Well, I, I know. Don't, I, man, that's a bad terminology. Uh, yes, thunderclappers. Yeah. Okay. Well, in reality, of course, it was not beneficial. Indeed, it was harmful. And although one time Clark himself was sick and he took five thunderclappers at once, oh, but it says that it, that was a storm. That wasn't a thunderclap. Well, but he said he didn't have any side effects. Really? So evidently, it didn't work on everybody. <laughs> anyway, really, Do I'm at a loss as to what to say. <laughs> Let's just move on. How's that? <laughs> Well, Dr. Rush preached uh, also that bleeding was beneficial for most ailments, even hemorrhage. Now, now, if you think about it, in some cases, bleeding stopped uh, when the blood volume and the pre pressure became so low. In other words, they didn't have enough blood to keep bleeding, and they were basically in shock. And so the bleeding method... You know, it, that wasn't a real smart idea. No, and they used to actually bleed cattle and horses. Even. Oh, my. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, Clark's education had been much less formal than Lewis's, but he knew a great deal about the West and was an exceptional leader. Uh, he, his understanding of human nature and hands-on approach to health care made him a popular healer, especially with the Indians. Now, in Lewis and Clark's time, medical methods of the trained physicians, army medics, the home remedies, uh, the Indian healers, all kind of came together uh, for the health care practitioner. So by the time the expedition started up the Missouri, the two captains were prepared to treat most of the common medical conditions of the frontier. Yeah. But it, so, like I say, it was just kind of a combination that they, uh, it was a good combination, really. Yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't want to be going in to meet the Indians in their teepee and have yes. the results of a thunderclap. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the core discoveries, medical supplies include a number of useful drugs in common use at that time. Yeah. So they, they were well prepared. Now, liquor was used not only as a medicine, but also as a stimulant for poor spirits and an antidote against the cold and the wet. And it was probably also used as an anesthetic. You know, we've talked about that before. Especially but, after a thunderclap. Oh, man. But uh, the expedition also carried a variety of purgatives. Uh, Purgatives? Okay, the, the thrust of the medical philosophy at the time was to get the body rid of toxins and any treatment that caused an evacuation from the upper or lower intestinal tract was considered good. Uh -huh. So they would use stuff to induce vomiting. So again, Holy smokes! Am I glad I had some good sponsors on this program? <laughs> That's right. But, uh, and again, you know, doctors of the day recommended therapeutic bleeding for many ailments. Now, the captains knew how to bleed patients but uh -huh. they cut them with a knife yeah in an artery oh but the the uh they didn't use this very much so they were Duh. used some common sense 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, Clark wrote that there was a sergeant prior that put his shoulder out of place and said it took four tries before they would get the shoulder reduced. And at that time, as even now, the most popular routine was traction where you actually put your foot in the patient's armpit and pull. I thought maybe you tied him on the back of the <laughs> canoe or something. No, that, and I've... That's been done just in not that many years ago. Really? The same technique, yeah. Ooh. But a lot of times they would, nowadays, of course, they would put them out under anesthesia. So. Yeah. But now the captains did employ the technique of bloodletting. In some cases, they actually bled Sacagawea in an attempt to bring a fever down because she was suffering from an infection. And despite the bloodletting, she did recover. Oh. So now skin inflammations referred to as tumors or biles became a common ailment that troubled the troop throughout the journey. Where did they get them from? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, maybe from uh, straps over their shoulders. Or, holding holding Or, uh, or falling on the ropes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not oh. sure. But other common problems naturally were fractures, joint dislocations, cuts. People were getting hurt all the time. They were. But if you think about where they were going, now foot injuries were particularly frequent. Uh, because you drop of, a canoe on your foot? Well, the rocks and the sagebrush and the and the uh, uh, you know all the stuff they had to walk through the prickly pears. But mm. now frostbite was another concern. And while at the Mandan encampment, Clark actually sawed off the gangrenous toes of a Mandan child oh and my saved the goodness saved the child. Really? Uh, yeah. But Lewis and Clark themselves became sick on several occasions themselves and uh, Clark suffered from frequent chills and constant muscle aches so they think that he probably had Colorado tick fever uh -oh. which of course is transmitted by by wood ticks yeah here comes another thunderclapper yeah. but uh, and throughout the trip uh, yes the water contributed to a certain condition so you couldn't trust the water back then well if you think about it, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, dead animals. Oh, my one thing goodness. Another one, but they would just drink, you know, out yeah. of the river, out of the water. Yeah. So, But uh, there was a lot of luck involved in the traveler's survival. For example, grizzly bear encounters were frequent, uh, especially in Montana. But not one man was injured by a bear. Really? Not once. Now, one day, Lewis was chased into the Missouri River by a grizzly bear. Same day, he was charged by three bull, bull buffaloes. And the next morning, he woke up with a rattlesnake coiled at his feet. Oh! <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons they never got uh, bitten by a bear or eaten by a bear is because that bear was scared of those thunderclappers. <laughs> That's right. Didn't want to get that in his system. Oh, my. No. Can you imagine that bear, if you forced one down his throat, that bear would never... Why? Never He'd be gone. He's yeah. gone. But now, speaking of rattlesnakes, they saw a lot of rattlesnakes, but only one snake bite was recorded. Really? And uh, the guy, his name was Joseph Field, was bitten and down by the ankle. And although he suffered swelling and pain, he responded to a poultice of bark and gunpowder. They used to use gunpowder for a lot of uh, wounds. There's a remark there, but I'm not You're not going, okay, it. all right. <laughs> now... Unfortunately, this guy eventually did die, the sergeant, uh, 
Charles Floyd. No, no, another guy, Charles Floyd. Yeah. Uh, but his illness was uh, was almost certainly due to a burst appendix. And back in those days, even if you'd been in a Sidley a hospital, a burst appendix, you were done. You were done. Yeah. So. Okay. But anyway, the the, the captains treated some of the Indians, uh, the Mandan Indian ailments. Uh, uh, it's a good thing they didn't practice something that wasn't going to make them yeah, better. But they doctored the Chinook Indians, the Klickitats, the Nez Perce. Easy for you to say. And other Indians along the way. Yeah. So they really served the Indians well. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, Clark even splinted some broken uh, legs using sticks. And uh, now... Uh, something I didn't realize, but a lot of the tribes along the Columbia suffered from eye disorders, but the captains had some eye washes, and the only treatment... Kind of like pink eye or something? Well, they think it was like from the sand or from wind blowing or whatever. Oh, imagine that, the wind on the Columbia, yeah. that's hard to believe. Right, but they had this eye wash, and that was the only treatment available, really? but it was very successful. Was that gunpowder too? I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it, it helped the Indians. So now, while the expedition camped uh, with the Nez Perce Indians waiting for the snows to melt, Clark practiced medicine every morning during their stay with the Nez Perce. Clark's patients were lined up and waiting. And Clark's medical know-how paid for over 60 desperately needed horses. Really? Yeah. So the captains also learned some medical lore from the Indians. Uh, Both of them were impressed with the Indians' use of sweat baths in the treatment of certain ailments. You know, it's interesting the Indians trusted him that much, like in the case of that child that cut the child's toes off. Right. I mean, I always thought the Indians were very wary of the white man's medicine. Well, and they were. And on the other side of that coin, there's been times when the uh, white man, I know there was a time in a fort that the uh, colonel of the fort had the Indian medicine man come in and saved his child's life. Really? With Indian medicine. Oh, my. And, but I don't remember the details of that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the Indians also taught the explorers how to make pemmican, uh, you know, which was a staple food of the Indians. They just and chewed that up and left it late, didn't they? I think so. I've never tried it okay. myself. But in addition, in addition uh, the Indians showed them how to find edible plants and how to prepare skins, for, uh, you know, for clothing. And uh, I know we're about out of time here. Give me the high sign when you're ready. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but one of the most serious episodes was uh, Sacagawea's illness in 1805. Now, Clark said that in 1805, he, he quotes, our Indian woman, sick and low-spirited, I gave her the back and apply it extremely, extremely to her region, which revived her much. So whatever that was and whatever it did, uh, she was 16 years old. What was the problem? Uh, they think sometimes... She was day. only 16 right. years of age? Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, just and and at this point she had the young child uh wow. with her, you know. So anyway, but she came out of it and uh was okay. Did we ever have any pictures ever uh, recorded of Sacagawea or any artists uh drawings? There are artist renditions, but you know, yeah, nobody back really then, knows. No, yeah. not really. But anyway, she recovered, and little Pompey uh, also got sick at one time, and uh, Lewis accurately diagnosed the problem, and the child was treated, and uh, about five days later, the child was fine. Oh, my goodness. I'm raising my hand now. All right. Okay. I'm not done, but okay. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done, but we're done. But I think the gist of the whole thing is. Lewis and Clark, and you said it was Meriwether Lewis that was the doctor, or was it, uh, it, it was Clark? Lewis. Oh. I'm not sure how you said that. 
that had all the doctoring skills? Uh, let's see. Who okay. <laughs> it's your story. <laughs> He's got to reread his notes here. No, uh, I didn't mean to ask you any tough questions. You got a fifty percent chance of getting it right. They, they look, uh, uh, Lewis. Lewis, all right. Thank you very much. But one final sentence. <laughs> sentence. They were the physicians in the true sense of the word. There you go. Why is your face red? Because <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Well, you know, we got to finish the story, though. We'll have to go further on this the next time. Yeah. Okay. We can do that.